Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer our listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. On the show today, we have a very special pair of guests from all the way over the pond, Paolo Moschino and Philip Bergalen. Paolo and Philip run the London-based design firm, Paolo Moschino Limited. As one of the top design firms in the world, they've been recognized by publications like House and Garden, El Decor, Milieu Magazine, Miranda, and more. In 2016, they released their first book, Signature Spaces, Well-Traveled Interiors by Vendôme Press. And this month, they're releasing their second book, An Entertaining Life, Designing Town and Country. Um, Paolo and Philip, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It's so exciting to have you. And I'm thrilled that you're in London because that way the time difference is, you know, you're not recording in the evening or we're not recording first thing in the morning. So it worked out. Um I was so excited to get a a special peek at your book and to have you on the show because we love talking about entertaining. Obviously, we love interior design and we've had lots of guests from Europe and England, um, you know, on the show to talk about design, but we have never talked about entertaining in the context of, you know, like a European point of view. And so I thought that could be a really interesting conversation to bring to the listeners, um, you know, just to kind of see how you do it um, and what your uh, unique cultures, you know, Paolo, you're from Italy and Philip, you're from um, Belgium, what your unique cultures bring to sort of an entertaining um, mindset. So we both like entertaining and we both have a very specific role in in the concept of entertaining i could not cook if to save my life i try once a year something that i think is beautiful i see it in the magazine i try to do it it fails and then i say never again but on the other hand i have an addiction and that is called nice tables. So I'm addicted to buying china, glasses, silverware, anything to do with the table. I just can't stop thing and one one scheme leads to another and there's always something else I need. Um, As a result, in the country, for example, we had two garages and well, we don't have any garage anymore. Both of them have been turned into China, China rooms. <laughs> Amazing. What a dream. <laughs> and, and my idea of heaven. <laughs> Mine too. I'm with you on that one. By the way, we are not going to build a third garage, just in case you were thinking of that. Uh, <laughs> no, I think two is enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm lucky that Paolo is Italian and he's an, an extremely good cook. We both believe in very simple food, but well done. 
Uh, Paolo, you talk about the cooking because I no, I, I mean, I'm, it's very kind of you to say that I'm a very good cook, but I'm not a good cook. I just enjoy spending time in the kitchen. We are lucky that in our house in the country we have a very pretty kitchen with amazing view of our garden, which we both adore. So uh, for me, when I get down on a Friday evening and we stay there until Monday, I try to spend as much time as I can, either in the kitchen or in the garden, clipping my boxes, you know. So, but for me, cooking is not reading books, uh, about recipe books. It's more like opening the fridge and see what's in the fridge and mixing things together and preparing something, you know, something homey, which we'll, we will both enjoy. Uh, the problem with that is that so many times friends ask me for a recipe, but every single time is different, you know, because I never weigh anything, so there is no quantity. It's just mixing things together, which is what my grandmother used to do and what my mother used to do. And me, well, I was studying maybe in the, in the room next door and I was watching them. So it's just memories from them and I keep on doing that. Um, but uh, as Philip said, you know, we love ent entertaining at home and we love setting up nice tables. So even if it's the two of us, which quite often is, like on a Friday evening when we come down from, from London, it's the two of us. But sometimes our Friday night tables are the most elaborate than <laughs> the whole weekend because, you know, we dare to do it for us, but also we enjoy doing so much. And we are extremely lucky that we have a couple that is taking care of the property and us, that they've been with us for a long time. And Philip managed to fully train them on table decorations. <laughs> you know. And we have what's an adorable dog is called Jack. Jack is a French bulldog. Jack lives in the country, never comes to London. So when we arrive there on a Friday night, we are his guest, really. So we need to check in case he has other, other friends coming, if you are allowed to come down. <laughs> but when we arrive on Friday, it's so nice because all the lights are on, the garden lights are on, the house is warm, the fireplace is on, Jack is waiting for us, jumping around. So it's the, the beginning of a wonderful weekend. That's what I like, you know, just relaxing, we go in, we close the gate, we don't reopen the gate until Monday morning when we leave. And Monday morning is sad to see Jack's face on the window staring at us and say, see you on Friday. <laughs> but that's life, you know. To do that, we need to go back to the office, yeah. We need to go back to the office to be able to afford all of this, yeah. And also, you know, I often say, for us, interior design is our life. So we work 24 hours a day because even when we are not in the office, we are still working. You know, we have imagination for us is everywhere. We, we get uh, inspiration from everywhere, everywhere. And doing these tables for us is like doing interior design. You know, normally you do a house every five years if you're lucky, but you can do a table setting three times a day. So how lucky are we? Yeah, we can do it three times a day. Yeah. So we enjoy doing that. I love the the three times a day thing too. That's so funny and it's so true. I mean, how beautiful to be able to to do that. Okay, so I've, I'm, let's. I want to back up just a little bit because um, I realized that I didn't really um, give you all a chance to introduce the premise of the book. So, and you did such a beautiful job of that in in the um, beginning. You know, kind of talking about. Um, 
sort of acquiring your your property in Sussex when you worked during the week in London, and then sort of what uh, prompted the book's idea, um, you know, and and why you decided to write a book about entertaining to begin with. Well, the book. Can I just say one thing and then I give it to you? That's why. Uh, the book idea started during the lockdown, during COVID. Philip and I, we moved down to West Sussex from London actually three days before the, 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 the lockdown started. And when we arrived to the house, uh, Philip immediately went to the desk. We only have one desk in the house. And I was sitting at the kitchen table with my laptop doing my work. I was far too close to the fridge. That's why I was bloating, literally bloating. And most of the time, instead of doing work, I was opening the fridge and making myself a sandwich or preparing something to eat. And then we both said, look, this is going to take quite a while because we are going to be here for a while. We had a second small barn that we were using for storage, and we decided to convert that into an office. So we managed to get the last of our builders still working for a week. And they came down very quickly, stripped the room, repainted. We put down a nice sisal. We had some desks that we had in storage. We built the desk in and we created a very pretty office. And that was when we both said, maybe we should start taking some photographs and why not doing a, a book like uh, the memories of lockdown, you know, a, a diary of the lockdown. That was Philip's idea to the diary of the lockdown. And then we, we actually never stopped working. So our real work took over very quickly and we kind of forgot about the book. But we were still taking a lot of photographs while we were there. And we were also extremely lucky that the first lockdown, we had fantastic weather in England. And was for us the very first time that we were spending long time in our house in the country. Normally it's just weekends, but we were there for like, how long, Philip? Six months or something nonstop. And never, never, never left the premises. Yeah, we never left the premises. The gate never the gate. opened. Yeah. The food was dropped over the gate, you know, and everything. We never left. Yeah. So we never literally left. So we closed, was like a small compound, was just us, our couple, and Jack. Jack was the happiest dog ever because he had us full time. <laughs> so that's how it all started. But work was incredibly hard during that time, and we worked extremely hard. Philip was in the office sometimes until half past 10, 11 in the evening. So I was going there. I said, what are, what are you doing? And so, well, I'm talking to New York. I think to answer the, your question <laughs> more directly, yes, we did spend six months in lockdown. And whilst we did this in, in, in a nice environment and, and, you know, we were not starving and what have you, it also made you, us realize that we missed seeing our friends. We missed, you know, yes, all of a sudden, you know, I, would, I discovered Zoom and Teams and Hangout and what have you, but it's not the same thing. Uh, but you can't have dinner on Zoom. No, that's my point. <laughs> so it showed, showed us uh, how much entertaining is part of our life, both personally and as a job. You know, we entertain clients um, 
we spend so much time with, with our clients, they become friends eventually. Most of them become actually friends. I spend so much time working on their houses. I know their house much better than they do. They call me if they need to find something. <laughs> so, um, yes, we wanted to do a book um, on, on, uh, um, on, on the country and on London, but all in the context of entertaining friends and clients which is something that we, it's very dear to us and something that we missed during lockdown. Well, I love the format of this book. And it starts, I think, on your most special day on Friday when you leave London and you you head to the country. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you moved through the book and we follow you through your week? Okay. It, it basically, it's a very, I mean, in, in comparison to our, our first book, which was purely focused on our work and our, what, you know, the, 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 what we design and what have you, this is a much more personal book. It actually describes our, uh, you know, our general life, apart from the fact that I spent most of my time on a, on a, on a plane, but um, in, in a normal week, we will go to the country on, on Friday. And it is something that both Paolo and I appreciate very much. We work very hard. London is a bit like New York. It's, it's, it's full on. It's, it's, there's pressure. People don't walk in our offices. They run. Uh, and I'm the, the fastest runner. So the, 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 um, going to the country is really giving us both mentally and physically a good balance to recharge your um, battery, to go back to battle on battle on Monday, <laughs> on Monday. So um, the entertaining happens during the, the, the weekend. Mostly people come down after lunch. So it's Saturday afternoon and they leave on Sunday evening. That's sort of the, the, the typical format. Most of our friends have their favorite room in, 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 in our house. And they are very um, possessive of it. They, uh, if they hear that somebody has been staying in their room, <laughs> they're not that happy. I love that part of the it, book. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But it, it also it, it, it makes me happy because it makes me feel they feel at home in my house, which is what I want, which is what I want. So what are some things that you do to make people feel so at home? First of all, when, when we receive the guests, when they arrive, you know, if it's Saturday afternoon, we have either a cup of tea or, or quite soon, actually, we have a drink. And then we say, we see you for dinner. So do whatever you like. Don't expect to be entertained 24 hours a day because we don't do that. Uh, we have plenty of things to do here. So find yourself something to do. We have library full of very interesting books. We have a very pretty garden where you can go, you know, walk around and give me ideas or, or help me to water some plants. Or if that is not what you want, we have three or four cars, jump in a car. There are so many national class houses around us, go and visit. But we love to see us 7.30. We will be here for drinks and then we have dinner. Then we have dinner. So dinner is uh, usually actually in the kitchen. We like to, to have dinner in the kitchen because we are all together. So it's not just me preparing dinner and, and all the others enjoying themselves. So we, we have dinner in the kitchen. 
We finish dinner, we go and sit in the living room by the fireplace, again, have another drink. We normally go to bed quite early, except, you know, we had a few nights where we said, tonight we are going to go to bed early. Three o'clock, we were still dancing on the sofas. <laughs> Those things do happen. But spontaneously. Yeah, spontaneously. And then you pay the day after. <laughs> it's a bit hard. <laughs> so that's how we start the weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very casual form of entertainment. Yeah, it's very, very the only, casual. The only thing that is you could say is formal is my love of beautiful tables. And they're yeah. all set as if the queen is going to come for dinner. But but the rest, the atmosphere, there is no pressure. Um, and we make it very clear we don't entertain. We have no it, show it, ready for them. Or, or whatever. No, it's certainly not a show. I mean, nothing is contrived, you know. We never, ever, ever use a florist to do flowers in our house. I find that, I mean, it's so not me. You know, all the flowers have to be done by us. They have to come from the garden. And if we don't have any flowers, Philip and I, we walk into the wild and, you know, we do what we call the rock kill. You know, we get some greenery and use that. But, you know, when I go to some people's houses and I find, you know, the first thing they say is, and these flowers are from the most famous florist in New York. <sighs> it's too easy to just call and say, can you bring me flowers? No, it's my house. I want my flowers. So they need to reflect us. So sometimes we don't have any flowers. Okay, we have a, a, a pot of basil or say a pot of rosemary. We put them in the middle of the table. We put some apples around, lemons around, and that makes a beautiful center table. I so much prefer that to see one of those super, super made up, you know, center table that they've probably been used the night before at somebody else's party. No. That would never come to our house, no. That's why you feel relaxed when you come. Although it's all, you know, we, you can see we make an effort, but it's very chill, it's very relaxed. I like to have the most comfortable beds. Our linens, I think, are second to none, I must say. We have wonderful linens in our house. And it's wonderful when you go to bed and, you know, the linen is fresh, just been ironed, you know, you, you go into the bed. It's, it's a great pleasure for me every single night. So I want to transmit that pleasure to our friends. I love that too with um, your note about the flower arrangements, because I think, especially for someone who, you know, is just kind of starting to entertain for themselves, it's a lot um, mm. easier just to think, oh, okay, like a bowl of lemons or something from the garden that I've just yeah, cut. Yeah. That's way, you know, less intimidating than like I have to do a flower arrangement. No, you no. Know? So. No, that's such a show-off. It's a really show-off. I don't like that. You know, Philip and I, we walk around the house and we don't have any flowers. We pick objects, you know, from the bedrooms, from wherever. We do a composition of objects around the table. And that, to me, is much more interesting than, oh, yeah, I never do anything. <laughs> He's just turning the sauce. He's just turning the sauce. You each have your roles. Go to the top floor. Get the pigeon. Get the dove. Get the doves. I love it. But, but, you know, no. almost, almost 30 years later, we are still having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, um, you know, Paolo, you, you're from Italy. What would you say is like, is that, you know, kind of the Italian way of entertaining? What, what was it like growing up and how you learned as a child? 
Look, I grew up where, you know, the kitchen was always open in the house. I mean, the kitchen never goes to sleep. So it doesn't matter what time of the day you walk in, there is something ready to eat. I remember when I was a teenager, you know, I was going out at night, I come back at three or four o'clock, there is always something there to eat before you go to bed. And the smell, you know, those delicious smells coming from the kitchen makes it home immediately. Philip comes from Belgium, so it's a, it's a more refined... It's the opposite. Know, uh, it's much more refined, you know, and that's why I believe we are a good combination together because he's always pushing me to make it more difficult, more harder, you know, to, to go to the next step, but which, which works, you know, because we work so well together. Yeah. But the memories of my childhood is, is the smells of the kitchen and you know, all of that. The delicious parsley, the delicious basil, rosemary, yeah. Yeah, what about you, Philip? Well, but they're completely different. The culture, the Belgian culture of entertaining is, is very different. Um, people see Belgians as a little bit as show-offs. Um, but it's not. They're not show-offs. They just want to honor their guests. And so they will only give them the best food or the most expensive food. And they will always... Sure. You know, um, overdo it. It was for me moving to to London has taught me that it doesn't always have to be so elaborate, and not every dinner needs to have seven courses. So I, I yes, it, it it's a different background, but I, I think the tables have become better with my, my contribution <laughs> and the food has become simpler with 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 Paolo's contribution so it's a good merger it's a good merger oh i love it it sounds like a great balance because you know i i love what you were kind of saying about honoring and it but it's also like festive it feels celebratory and yeah um, yes. but then obviously yes. maybe Paolo, with your sort of um relaxed feel it's like festive and celebratory but without any of the um you know, fussiness or intimate, you know, it's not intimidating. So I love the no, two together. No, that's never, yeah, that's never the, 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 the objective. What I like is that people arrive in the dining room in London or, or at the table in, in, in the country and they smile. That's all I want, that they smile and think, oh, that's clever or, oh, that, that, that's pretty. That's all, that's all I, I, I that's all the reaction I, I, uh, I, I want. How do you start? Smile is very important. I loved seeing your tables because they are mm. very joyful and there's so many combinations in the book. Mm. Come. <laughs> I would, would love to. to. Yes. yes. Um, oh, good. Let's have dinner tonight. <laughs> Perfect. But I'm curious, Philip, where you start with your tables? Like, what's your, you know, kind of. Is it the meal? Is it an object? Is it the flowers from the garden? Like, where? What's your starting point usually? Uh, it could. Uh, I, I would say a lot of it is seasonal. So you know, some some china I use in spring. Some china I will use in autumn. Other other colors I will use in winter. So. The seasons have a lot to do with it. And of course, the food is related also to the seasons. You don't serve the same thing in spring as you do in, in December. So that combined with an infinite variety of centerpieces and china and glasses and <laughs> cutlery and, and, and linen, um, it sort of um, 
um, builds itself. I, to my recollection, I don't think I've ever done the same table twice because that's not fun. And then there's no fun. So it, it just, it's organic. It grows. And, and it has to be fun for us as well, not just for the guests. So that's why, as Philip said, we never do it twice. But that is the same in our interior design. We never do the same house twice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, one of the first questions that clients ask when they come and see us is, uh, they say, oh, I've seen this very pretty house that you did for, you know, like here and that. And we will like exactly that. And I said, well, you're coming to the wrong person because we are not going to do exactly the same, you know. First of all... Anyway, you, you have it, so do it. <laughs> you have the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> now, if you want to do it exactly the same, you get the book and copy it. But, you know, first of all, it would not be fair for the first client. Secondly, your house is not identical. So it would not, you know, inspire us to do the same thing. And, you know, we go and visit the house, and by visiting the house, the first impression of the house is the first step for us to start the interior design. You cannot do, you know, a total classic um, um, interior design in a white box modern uh, development. It just doesn't work. So you have to adapt the interior to, to the architecture of the house. I think for me, the, the most and, and it's related to our design philosophy. It's, um, of course, there are certain norms in, in, in the world. In, in, you cannot design a house in, in Dominican Republic in the same way as a chalet in Stad. Oh, no. You know, yeah. that, that, that wouldn't be appropriate. That but would be most, Disney. Yeah. yeah. But most important, really, in, in a project is the client itself. And, and understand getting under the skin of a client and understanding their motivations, their personality, and then bringing that out. And it, it's funny because it, 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 there's a lot of psychology involved there. But once you have that, it almost becomes like a domino. It's like that everything is easy. Is it is it hard to peel back those layers of your clients? Like, are they receptive initially or is it? you know, to maybe you yeah. asking like deeper questions than they anticipate. Like if they think, oh, it's just about colors and, you know, time periods of antiques, but you're trying to get yeah. at something underneath that. Yeah. Uh, there, I, I have never met cl two clients that are the same. Every person is different. Every project is different. Yes, there is a framework in which we work because there are, so of course, the logistics and, and, there's something about dreaming something up, but you also have to realize it and, and, and execute it. But we need to handle the initial process differently for every single client. I, I, one of um, the clients that is currently um, a very close friend and probably the biggest client I've ever had, he invited us to an apartment he bought, a spectacular apartment he bought in central London on Eaton Square from a developer. I was asked to come and, and see this apartment. I walked in and I thought, oh my God, this is atrocious, this house, atrocious. But he was very polite and met his very beautiful wife, also very polite. And so I, I explained who I am, what I do, blah, blah. And he says, if you could change anything in this room, what would you change? 
And this is a very tricky. That was a tricky word question. Yeah. Yes, because very, I didn't want to. In, yeah. I didn't want to insult anybody. I didn't know yeah. if he had done this or not. And I thought, well, I would start by taking away that bookcase. Yeah, I agree. He says. And but what else? And so he said, what yeah, else? Then she looked three at me. Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, three three times. They said, what else would you change? And. In the end, I gave up. I said, "Listen, I'm sorry, but everything has to go." And he said, "Oh, fine, 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 fine. We're on the same wavelength." And he said, "He was it's, very sweet. It's, he it's, said you got yourself a job." Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's every client is different. Uh, the most difficult clients for me are the ones that don't know what they want. Sure. Those are the trickiest ones. You mentioned in the book um, that you entertain clients a lot. So is that one of the ways you really get to know them? And Yes. Mm. Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you a funny story. I was, um, I don't know if it's in the, in, in the book, but um, I was doing this big house in Knightsbridge, central London, for a young couple and both very good looking. And because of the builder, things were going awkward and the builder was late and he made mistakes and blah, and, and that, you know, that tension also started to feel between me and my client. Um, and I thought, okay, I am, I am going to organize a dinner with, with this couple and I'm only going to um, invite my closest, closest friends and I'm going to brief them. This is the reason why I'm inviting these people to bring back the relationship and also to, to show that, you know, um, how we live. I don't know what happened. Oh, and one of the, the people there was the publisher of this book. Um, I don't know what, what our butler did. He must have spiked the drinks, but before dinner, everybody was plastered. Everybody was drunk. Oh so here I was trying to, I, I was trying to impress on how sophisticated Paolo and I are and our friends. <laughs> Meanwhile, they were all making the rudest um, <laughs> jokes. And the good thing is that then the, the music started playing. My friends, they were grabbing um, um, any any object on the table and, and pretending they were Whitney Houston or something. <laughs> anyway, they left home at five o'clock in the morning and best friendship ever. They're still my best friend. <laughs> and I've done two other houses for them, one in New York and one in uh, Greece. Oh <laughs> so, my God. So, that is amazing. No. So clearly the entertaining angle works for any designers <laughs> out listening. Have your <laughs> yes. troubled clients over for dinner and they'll become your best friend. And cocktails. Yes. And cocktails. Yes. Heavy on the cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Heavy handed. <laughs> no, you have some of the most beautiful tablescapes for sure. And um, I also really appreciate, I know you've talked about going out in the garden and getting flowers, but a lot of yours are also potted plants that you've brought into the room. And it looks amazing. All these beautiful pots and the actual, you know, the full plant too. Um, I just wanted to note that for anybody because it's such a good idea. Um, we have a tiny greenhouse that Paolo takes care of. And he grows his bonsais and his geraniums wow. and whatever else grows there. And they live there during the week, but they come to the house on Friday. At weekends. Yeah. At weekends, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
just so like they come that. as guests, you know. We, we exactly, yeah. We entertain <laughs> them for the weekend, and then on Monday they go back to their own house. Yeah, that's but it's nice to have your own plans. That's what you know. That's one thing I would suggest to somebody starting. You know, don't try to impress your guests or your friends. Just have what you like, and that makes you feel comfortable. And that shows when you're comfortable, you look the best. Because, you know, it's yourself. You're natural. You can do whatever you like. You know, we did once a, a, a beautiful, beautiful house for some uh, clients. And they, they let us do whatever we wanted to the house. And then Philip and I, we went to visit them like one year later after they moved in. And literally, they have not moved one thing. Exactly the same flowers in the same pots. The ashtrays were still in the same place. The cushions exactly how we left them. And you could see that the, the clients didn't even know where to sit. That was not their house. Mm. I felt so sad for them that together I said, should we make a mess of this place? Come on, let's try and throw the cushions on the floor. <laughs> you know, change the flowers. Let's put them. And she started laughing. And then she started realizing that you know, that was her house. So she, she, I said, doesn't matter if the cushions are on the floor. It doesn't matter, you know, if you change the flowers from red to green. Just do what you like, mm -hmm. but feel comfortable. That is the best thing for me. Um, you mentioned the, the bed linens in the guest room, but I was wondering if there were other sort of um, important elements of a home that lend themselves to entertaining. Bed linen, of course, for me, is one of the best things. I love buying bed linen. I always said if I was not an interior designer, I would have opened a bed linen shop. I love it. You know, I love when you walk into a bed linen shop. The smell of it, you know, is wonderful, yeah. But I've opted for interior designer, so it's a bit too late for me now. So we have beautiful linen at home. But also, you know, Philip always likes to put interesting books next to the bedside table, which is nice for the clients, for guests to read if they didn't bring anything. We always have a nice jug of water, you know, next to the bed. We always have chocolates in the bedroom. And if they don't close the door, they even have a visit from Jack yeah. during the night. <laughs> my God, and come up in bed with them. What best do you want? I think that's the best you can get in one weekend. Yeah. yeah. What about the um, like some of the more public spaces, like the living room or the dining room? Is there anything that you think are must-haves for people? Um, you know, if they do want to entertain a lot. Dining room can be quite tricky because sometimes you know dining room you only use them for special occasion. In our house in the country and in London. We opened, like in London, we have two big double doors into the dining room and two more doors that go into the kitchen. So it's almost like a passage. So you have to pass through the dining room. So we use it a lot. In, 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 in the country, we did the same. We actually removed most of the doors on the ground floor. So you walk through all the rooms. So we hate the idea of, of a room that you never use. Mm -hmm. So our dining room in, in the country is all blue and white philip bought a beautiful uh, 18th century screen in paris at the flea market and he came back on the train with the screen like one does you know you carry <laughs> this big screen on the train and then we put it in the room and we thought 
in his company. Mm. I mean, he feels lonely, just the screen there. So Philip came up with this wonderful idea to repeat the same design of the trees on the walls. And we have this wonderful, thank you. We have this wonderful uh, specialist painter that has been working for us, I mean, since we were children. And she's called Dawn Reader. And she came over and in one second, she started painting the trees all over. Then we have the sconces on the walls with all the Delft pots. And she started painting the trees over the sconces. So it looks like it's alive because the trees are constantly growing. Some of the trees go over the ceiling. And when you have the wisteria outside, which is hanging on the windows, it literally looks like you're surrounded by a magic forest. And it's a very pretty room. So that's the dining room. It is gorgeous. I loved the element of the the wisteria growing except, on the sconces. You know, except when my mother comes, she always says, this room is the room of horror because she's terrified that something can fall or, you know, one pot can fall. Because it's full, full of, uh, oh, of Delft, oh. uh, China everywhere. <laughs> No, she loves the idea of the room, but she's terrified. You know, she's like, oh my God, if one of these posts falls out. <laughs> so it's quite funny. Yeah. She needs a helmet okay. or something, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I should buy her one. <laughs> That's part of the party. She has her own helmet in there. Yeah. Okay. I want to know, just to help me with entertaining. So what is the order of routine that you, when you're hosting someone for dinner? So if I'm coming for dinner, where do we sit first? Like, how do you have the whole cadence of the evening go, the rhythm? We have a, a especially in London, we have a clear rhythm because we have a double a reception. Mm-hmm. And one is in, in the book. It's all white sofas and a, and a leopard rug. And that's where it will all be set up for, for cocktails. And we will have uh, drinks there. Uh, when everybody's arrived, uh, we will go to the dining room, the dining room that's been closed, nobody sees, and then it's a sort of a ta-da! Um, it's a relief. Yeah, no. and um, then we have dinner. Whilst we are having dinner, um, our butler will close one the door to the white room and open the door to the paneled room. And so we end up for for liqueurs or coffees or whatever after chatting uh, in that room. And the, the rooms feel whilst they're connected, they feel so different that you you really feel you've been in three entirely different um, environments. So um, that's the London formula. The the formula in, 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 in the country is much more relaxed and you know it's it, it it's to do with the season. Can we eat outside? Can we eat by the pool? Um, I mean it's all all very different. Our garden in in the country, for us, is the biggest room in the house. So we tend to spend most of the time in the garden. We just love the garden. Even in winter, sometimes, you know, it's so nice. You know, we we, 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 we wear really cozy jumpers and we try to sit in a little bit of sun on one corner. So the garden really is the best, the, the biggest and the best room in the house. It is a marvelous garden. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, but from, from every window of the house, you have a nice view of the garden. And it's nice all year round because it's very green. 
So we used a lot of boxers. It's very formal, Italian formal, but at the same time, it's very Belgian. You know, the cloud, the idea of the boxers cloud is very Belgian. The, what, what Philip called the pelouse anglaise, you know, the, the really green lawn, it's very Belgian. So it's a mix of, again, Italian and Belgian. And in, in summer, of course, we, 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 we tend to bring few flowers, but they're all blue, like lavenders, um, agapanthus, um, old blue flowers, few white flowers. It's pretty. I'm sorry if I keep on going on, but I really love my garden. I'm so happy there. It's spectacular. And I love how you I set would spend it up. all my time there. Yeah. You know how we did it? Actually, it was Philip's idea. He said, why don't we get a drone to go up and take a picture? So we did a picture from a drone, and then we divided like we do for a house. You know, we did a floor layout. We divided the, the garden into rooms. And so now we have five or six rooms, and each room, six. It's completely yeah. different. Yeah, they're all different, but they work together like a house, you know. Mm -hmm. But every room you go into, you get a little surprise. But then you go to the other room and you know that you're still in the same house. I was curious if, if um, you know, I guess maybe what like living in England has taught you or I guess changed about your sort of entertaining, your approach to entertaining has the um, sort of English way made an influence on you? At all? I would say in in London, London has lost its Englishness. It's it's a world capital. You know, you rarely sit with with less than seven different nationalities at the table. So it's a, such a melting pot of backgrounds and 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 cultures. I I think it, it it's more than just English. The Englishness still exists in the country. And Paolo sort of um, um, referred to it how 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 we how we um, live in in the country, how we entertain in the country, and it's something that I actually we both were taught by Countess Spencer. Rain Spencer was a very close friend of mine, and I I I'd known her for a long time, but then one day she um, invited us both of us to her big manor house in the country. And I was a little bit apprehensive. I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be, you know, so formal and so this and so that. And it's, this is the easiest weekend I've ever had because it was literally arriving Friday, drinks in the library, she and then dinner and she disappears. Everybody needs to write in a little note what they want on a tray because there's no breakfast downstairs, which I think is heaven. I hate being social at breakfast. Uh, and so the first time you see uh, Rain again is at 12.30 in a room that she will point out. We have drinks, we have lunch, and she disappears again. And you don't see her until 7 o'clock. And it's, it's, it, it made it... I mean, we were all different. We, we, I made new friends there because, you know, you, you do things. You go for a walk, you, you, you go to the swimming pool, or you, you do whatever. But it, it was sort of a very relaxed environment. And that's, um, I think, what the English are good at. Even in the grand houses, they managed to create a relaxed environment. So thank you, Rain, for teaching us to entertain well in the country. And... 
She she had the most haunted house in Devon. Was such fun, <laughs> <laughs> looking for ghosts. You know, Ghostbusters. <laughs> she was the one who wore Wait. the red gown and your. Uh... Yes, yes, okay. for television, for a night home. Yes. <laughs> Well, I okay. I didn't realize that that was sort of an English way, but I love that because um, I think that it, especially if you are entertaining house guests as opposed to just dinner guests, it can be intimidating to think, oh, I have to entertain them every second of the day. But really yeah, giving them exactly, some exactly exactly, and also no, don't forget the weekend is also for you. It's mm -hmm. not just for your guests. Mm -hmm. So you have your own things to do, and you want to you want to enjoy it at the same level as your guests. That's a great a great um, tip for people. Well, um, Taryn and Liz, do y'all have any final questions before we do our dilemma from Barbara? No, this has been this has been a great conversation. Yeah. Well, I'll read our question from Barbara. And then Philip and Paolo, if y'all would help her, that would be great. And um, so here we go. All right. Hello, friends. I hope you can help with both of my guest rooms. Perfect. Um, we live in a mountain rich retirement community in New Mexico and have guests about five times each year. Our guest rooms are functional, but both need some refreshing. Problems in both rooms for which I'd appreciate your thoughts include... What type of windows um, or window blinds and or window treatments do I, does, does she need? Window bench cushions. Um, she's got some, you know, window seats and um, mirrored closet doors. Thanks so much in advance for offering your advice. And so she's sent in some pictures. What what do y'all suggest? Okay. What does she need to do? I I first I need to tell you, I don't know Barbara. I've had no conversations with Barbara. Yes, that's correct. So Barbara should not be insulted by any any of my comments because they're, they're made, you know, in a, in a complete vacuum. I just look at these, 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 these pictures and I think, okay, this is what I would do. Okay. The first thing I would say, those short curtains have to go. Short curtains don't work. So if you want to keep... Um, th th you have here two options. One is a more casual option for me, and one is a grander option. Um, but in, a in both cases, the curtains have to go, the short curtains. So I would replace the short curtains with what we call a Roman blind. And it's a simple blind that comes down and goes up. And forget about curtains. And you hang it at the same, exactly same place um, where um, the curtains are. Or what we uh, like to do uh, is trick the eye. And how do we do that is we bring the curtains to the forefront, to the wall. It goes all the way up to the, the ceiling and all the way down to the floor. So you see long curtain drops. And what I do is... Behind that um, uh, curtain, I will have a Roman blind all the way up to the ceiling. And so it almost looks as if the, not, the window doesn't stop there. The window goes all the way up to the ceiling and you have grand um, uh, curtains. In 
even in that case, I would keep the, the window seat because it's a cozy, cozy area to sit and to, I hope it's a nice view. So uh, I, I wouldn't uh, take that away. So she's almost treating the opening, like ignoring the window, but treating the opening against the wall as the window. Yeah. And, and these are two uh, things. I, I have no issues with mirrored doors. I think these are slightly dated. And I'm always a little bit suspicious about the location of mirrored doors next to the bed. <laughs> okay. Okay. What, Need I say yes, more? Yeah. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but but I, 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 they can be mirrored, but I would probably choose a more uh, classic um, design. So break it up with, with some with some wood, so that it's not a full cinema screen. And you can get so many different types of mirrors these days. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, the yeah. antique, slightly antique mirrors, you know, immediately yeah. doesn't give that coldness reflection. Yeah. And for the pillars on the bench, first of all, whatever pillow you do, make sure it's a slick cover, so with a zip and you can change them. So they have to be washable. It's a bedroom, so it's nice if they're washable. And also, you know, if you make a mistake, you can change, you don't need to replace the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I tend to, to be, um, you know, more adventurous with, with pillows because, as I said, you can change them. So just choose a pattern that you like, you know, a color you like, something that will wow the room. And then if you're really, really thinking you're, you've made a mistake, hello, undo the zip and change them. Yeah. But it's a nice room. Barbara, it's a really nice room. Yeah, congrats. What about fabric ideas for her? Should she Does she need to do the same fabric on the curtains as the window seat? And no. then what about the Roman shade? No. Okay. No. 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 I would do the curtains not, probably I, plain with a, with a pattern blind. Okay. And maybe the pattern of the blind can be matching the pillars. Okay. But the curtains certainly plain. If you want, you can put a rouge on the leading edge, you know, or a border. But like Philip said, it's nice to have the curtains up all the way up to the ceiling. So it makes the room immediately much higher. Mm -hmm. You don't get the feel of, you know. The answer to your question really depends on the mood you want to create. Mm -hmm. If you want that something very zen and very calm, you probably stay away from, from, from too much... Um, pattern but at the same time if you want something cozy and, and 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 energetic and if it's a guest room i believe you can you can be a little bit more adventurous because people don't stay there for for months on end hopefully and, and you can you can throw <laughs> you can throw every um um pattern added i like layers of pattern yeah. i don't like matching things mm -hmm. If you say, I want to go pattern, then go pattern and put, you know, one pattern on the sofa, the cushions, one on the um, lampshades, one on the curtains, one on, but it all sort of tells a story together. Right. That's what I think is more But fun. Barbara, please don't start asking around everybody. Just listen to yourself and do what exactly you like. Don't do it for other people. Just do it for yourself. 
that's great advice. Okay, I have a I have a question part partly from myself and partly for Barbara, um, because you mentioned uh, Paolo how much you love bed linens, and I was wondering yes. um, what your sort of what's your formula for a great guest bed in terms of you know how you dress it. Well, uh, if it's winter, I prefer um, pure cotton uh, bedding. So obviously you have a, a delicious bottom sheet, which is very tight and neat. Then you have a top sheet and then your duvet with a cover. Uh, and the duvet I like to be as light as possible, but warm at the same time. So I'm afraid you need to invest a few penny on your duvet mm -hmm. because it's very important. And then I always put four pillows on the bed two a little bit harder and two slightly softer. So you can have a choice. Either you can sleep with the two pillows or you take one off and you have one hard and one soft. Yeah. Right. Uh, we like to put a blanket at the bottom of the bed because dress up the bed very nicely. And also in those chilly nights in winter, you can pull it up and feel very cozy. If it's summer, uh, Philip and I, we like to use linen on the bed because it's fresher. The problem with linen, you know, it gets very crispy, so you have to iron it almost every day. But we don't mind that, you know, we, we, we can deal with it for a couple of days. <laughs> every day. <laughs> well, linen, you know, linen, you know, if you want it crispy and beautiful, but when it gets the right, it has to be ironed almost every day. Yeah. But you, you can just spray, you know, you spray with a bit of water and iron just at least the, the pillowcase. Mm -hmm. It's um, so nice. It's yeah. Thank God we have Jenny yeah. to do that. Because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. think it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then, um, so you do a linen sheets, and then what about, like, you do a coverlet with a duvet at the end, or how do you dress the bed in the summer? Uh, we have linen, and then we have a cotton uh, uh, bed cover, which you can fold it at the bottom of the bed when you go to bed, so you just sleep with a sheet, which is fresh during the night, yeah. What about throw pillows? Are you a, do you like a throw pillow on the bed or do you like it simple? Maximum two. Yeah, maximum two because I don't believe so in much this, this accumulation yeah. of cushions that take you half an hour to put them away. And yeah. where do you put them? You know, so I think, yes, they're very decorative and we always use um, um, scatter cushions as we call them, but two. Not, I remember some some of these these beds are made with twenty seven cushions and you think what the hell <laughs> yeah. what people do with that? I remember once Philip and I we arrived in St Bart's on holiday and the flight was extremely delayed, delayed, delayed. So we arrived was like five o'clock local time and we were desperate to go to bed, literally desperate. We walked into the bedroom in the hotel and the bed was covered in pillars to the top and rose petals and flowers all over. It took us like an hour to clear the bed to go to bed. At the end, I said, I'm going to sleep on the sofa. I'm dying here. <laughs> so, you know, if excess, it can be too much. Yeah. All right. So, Barbara, take that for what it's worth if you didn't ask you didn't ask about the bedding but i asked for you because i wanted to know <laughs> i i just think bedding is so interesting because everyone sort of makes it differently and likes yeah. sort yes. of a different yeah. uh formula and so it's you know 
it's interesting to hear what other people like so but we work a lot in hotels you know we do a lot of hospitality projects and depending on on the hotel company we work for like you said they have their own way of making the beds and i always find it very interesting when we finish the sample room and you know the owner of the hotel they come and check and i can see the way they readjust you know the turn down or not the bed you know it's, it's always interesting to see different things yeah but I, lo- I love decorating bedrooms i love it love it love it love it yeah i would have you ever thought of doing a bed linen collection since you said you love bed linens that's a very good question it's something that i would love to work on love but you know there is so much on the market mm-hmm. mm. so much yeah. but who knows who knows all right how do you say keep the space open we see <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'll i'll look at it if, when you do I, i'll be your first yeah. customer well barbara best of luck thanks for sending your que- in your question and listening to the show and um paulo and philip can y'all please share with our listeners where they can find you follow you obviously buy your book well, um, well, our book is available on Amazon. It's called Entertaining Life. And well, also, our, my Instagram is PVM London. So uh, you can follow our life uh, on Instagram. Uh, I must say, I, I want to thank our publisher because she was very helpful in, in, in bringing this book together. Um, we're not writers, although we wrote everything, but they were, you know, they helped us with the format and the editing of, of, the, editing, of the text. Yeah. Editing, yeah. And, and uh, Ellen Niven and Sydney for arranging this, this, this wonderful conversation. So, thanks. And all the, pe- all the people that work with us, you know, that they make it possible. Without them, we wouldn't be where we are now. Yeah. No, for sure not. No. But... Next thing you do, please go and buy the book. It's very good. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. Good. I, okay. I, I, yeah. I'm going to have to go and revisit all the gardens many times because yes. <laughs> they're they're incredible. Yeah. So. And you're always welcome if you're on this side of the ocean. Okay, I will, I'll hold you to that next time I'm there. Absolutely. But Caroline, Taring, and Liz, very, very nice meeting you. You yeah. made it so easy for us. So yeah. thank you very much. I hope we can do it once again. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Yes, you too. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!